Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Scott. Welcome back to Skip Down Shuffle, a podcast where we delve into an overlooked song by a popular artist. Today we're going to discuss Tom Waits and the song Martha on his 1973 debut, Closing Time. Today's episode, we're going to be focusing on Tom Waits. And, you know, this is a hard episode for us to do. It's a daunting task because, you know, usually we do all this research and we figure out like what's going on and we try and like determine like what was going on in the studio when things were being recorded and try and get like in the moment with the song and the album and all that stuff. But Tom Waits is such an unreliable person. We don't really know. <laughs> like, he, we can't believe. He likes to tell stories, and he, we're not sure. <laughs> like, what. you know, he'll he'll do a story, or he'll tell tell you something about, like, you know, oh, this is what happened when I was recording this song or writing it, or this is the person that inspired it or whatever, and it'll just be so fantastical that you'll be like, that's not true. Like, you're just lying to me. <laughs> 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 and he kind of, like, gets off on it. He kind of gets off on this idea that he, like is completely unreliable when it comes to his career and his history and who he is, what he wants, what he doesn't want, whatever. He's a notoriously secretive guy. Like, you know, he doesn't like giving interviews about his personal life. He doesn't like talking about his family or his upbringing. He just like sort of makes up his own life and just goes with it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today is Tom Waits as this like great storyteller who has definitely if 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 you're familiar with Tom Waits you know that he has this whole weird carnival barker-esque persona that he just really runs with and um you know spinning yarns about things and thankfully at least like some of those stories end up as really great songs as we have here today with Martha it's been 40 years more now Martha please recall meet me out for coffee where we'll talk about it all And those were days of roses Poetry and prose and Martha All I had was you and all you had was Tom Waits started out, he was living in California and he was playing mostly just by himself at uh, this club called The Troubadour in California and he would mostly play like Bob Dylan covers and some of his own material, you know, just kind of like to like a bar crowd. If you, you know, if you've heard this, well, I, I don't even know. I need to ask this. Like everyone has heard the Billy Joel song, Piano Man. Basically that was Tom Waits's life. He was just, you know, playing in bars and hanging out and doing his thing and, you know, trying to hone his craft as a songwriter and do all that, you know, coming up stuff. So he's, he's doing this quite a bit and he ends up eventually playing a performance and uh, plays a song, Grapefruit Moon, which is actually a track on Closing Time. And uh, David Geffen, who is a very, very wealthy owner of a record label called Geffen Records, he sees him play this, this Grapefruit Moon song and is blown away and asks him if he is interested in signing to a label and signs him to a Geffen subsidiary called Asylum. Uh, and that's how Tom gets his first you know, big break and goes into the studio to record his debut album, which is called Closing Time, which features Martha. But one of the other songs on Closing Time, the uh, opening track is a lot more famous, which is called Old 55. As I pulled away slowly 
As you can hear with what you've heard of Martha and Old 55, Tom Waits is uh, primarily a piano player. He also plays a little bit of guitar, but most of the songs on that first album are in that vein. These quiet, little bit jazzy, you know, sounds like midnight at, at a bar that's, you know, as as closing closing time suggests you know <laughs> late late at night you know smoky smoky bar rooms he continues that sound with the heart of saturday night pulling together again these folk songs and piano ballads mostly a, a fairly quiet album and then he kind of continues in that vein he does a, a live album called night hawks at the diner that very much molds more into like that jazz sound that he tends to have where you know it's it's him on piano and a stand-up bass player and a drummer and he's kind of riffing and telling these like crazy little stories about most of his stories are about kind of like small town people you know people hanging out in as as the name suggests diners or bars or their truck drivers and these kind of like everyday people stories yeah he's not really focused too much on like ex, you know extraordinary lives he's 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 more into the idea of looking into those tiny little moments that everyday normal people have you know just like just living their lives so he really continues with that in 1976 he comes out with an album small change which has uh uh, uh, a track that some of you might know called Tom Trobert's Blues, um, also called Waltzing Matilda. A couple of books from you to go waltzing Matilda, waltzing Matilda, you go waltzing Matilda. I'm an innocent victim of a blind... And then he keeps kind of doing the same thing. In 1977, we have Foreign Affairs. And in 1978, he releases the album Blue Valentine. And he kind of starts changing his sound a little bit. So I'll let you listen to one track on that album, which is Red Shoes by The Drugstore. The rain splashed nickel and spilled like Shapley all along the midway. There's a little blue jay. Red dress, sad night. One stroll, we in a root beer, a compact with a cracked mirror, a bottle of evening in Paris perfume was the sad tune. So on that track, we can kind of hear Waits' voice start to change. He has this little bit more gravelly delivery. We almost hear him be a little bit more into percussion and these kind of like repetitive like driving rhythms going and it's something that would essentially change his sound about this time tom waits also starts to get into acting and it's through acting that he ends up meeting his wife who's a script writer and they end up getting married in 1980 
and she really ends up becoming a pretty strong collaborator with him for the rest of his career, and it marks a, a, a pretty serious change in in the Tom Waits sound that we've heard. She starts really pushing the the weirdness factor. I mean, like you know, Tom Waits has never been a normal person, but I mean his his output as a musician has been fairly straightforward: piano, jazz, you know, maybe even a little rock, a little folky kind of thing. But after he meets his wife, they she starts really pushing him to be more strange and to sort of push the limits of what uh, a studio recording could incorporate. You know, like you know you don't have to go into a recording studio and bring out a drum set and a guitar and a piano and, and play normal songs that have like a basic kind of four, four structure and, and all that you can do something different. What if you made these weird sounds? What if you use these weird instruments and, and really kind of pushed him to, to try different things. And so what happens is, is that there's like almost like a definable moment where Tom Waits sort of ceases to be the original Tom Waits of, you know, the early seventies through, through the, uh, through the, the, the early eighties, and starts to be something completely different, almost like a, you know, you use the term carnival barker earlier. It's, it's almost like carnival barker meets like Satan. <laughs> he's like, he just becomes very like, like he's, he almost, he almost even like neglects melody altogether. And is almost like speaking over songs that are very percussive and very sparse and very interesting. Like there's no question. It's a very interesting and unique sound. No one sounds quite like Tom Waits. You know, when you look back on his early output, like, you know, you could point to like maybe a Randy Newman or even a Billy Joel and be like, Oh, like this is kind of sounds like that. But now Tom Waits is completely something else entirely yeah so the the 1980 album heart attack and vine you start to get again a little bit more sense of that and then when it's when he comes out with 1983's swordfish trombones that you you can really hear this and i i think the track shore leave is a good example of it with a big fat paycheck strapped to my hip sack and a shore leave wristwatch underneath my sleeve Cuban heels, I rode down the gutter to the blood bank. And I left all my papers on the Ticonderoga. And I was in bad need of a shave. So it's this kind of poetry with weird percussion and people scraping the guitar in weird ways. <laughs> so all kinds of like interesting sounds in there. And it's something that Waits continues to develop with the follow-up albums that almost make a, a, a kind of trilogy with 1985's Rain Dogs and then 1987 Frank's Wild Years. So that combined with Swordfish and Bones, those three albums basically give you the heart of what would be the Tom Waits formula moving forward. So in 1992, he comes out with probably what was one of his, his biggest albums. I mean, Tom Waits isn't someone who has like massive hits on the radio, but Bone Machine got a lot of attention again with that experimental folk rock kind of sound where he's still doing some piano stuff, but also getting into this kind of like more guitar oriented rock sometimes. And you can hear that with a song like Going Out West. And as we mentioned, 
Tom Waits has a lot of material. So just to kind of run through some of the later stuff, in 1999, he came out with Mule Variations, which was a bit more quiet than what his output had been, uh, uh, more more folk-oriented. And then he came out with a pair of albums in 2002, Alice and Blood Money. And I think it's really on Blood Money that you get the sense of sort of the the, the two Tom Waits that now exist. When you, when you hear a Tom Waits album, there is a, a, a crazy manic track like God's Away on Business. There's a leak, there's a leak in the boiler room. The poor, the lame, the blind. Who are the ones that we kept in charge? Killers, thieves, and warriors. God's so get something a little bit more soothing and, and a little bit more uh, again like folk oriented something like all the world is green and do foolish things you turn kings into beggars beggars into kings pretend So those are kind of the, the the two sides of weights that we get on on the the later couple albums that he comes out with too. In 2004, he comes out with Real Gone, which is also interestingly first album where Waits plays no piano on the album. It's strictly him on guitar. And then finally, the last album that he came out with in 2011, which was Bad as Me. So even if you don't know any of those Tom Waits tracks that we mentioned or know much about him, chances are you've probably heard someone famous playing a Tom Waits cover because first and foremost, he's he's a very talented songwriter. So you might have, as we mentioned, Old 55 before, maybe you don't know the Tom Waits version, but perhaps you've heard the Eagles version of that. Bruce Springsteen has covered the song Jersey Girl and then probably most famously Rod Stewart's cover of Downtown Train. So that gives you some good sense of, you know, how people interpret Tom Waits' song. So when you kind of like take away some of the the gravelly voice and maybe a little bit of the experimental side and, and a little bit of like jazz he throws in there. And when people play it as kind of like a, a straight, more straightforward rock song, as is pretty much the, the case with these and a bit more of a rock pop vibe. You know, these songs, I, I think, you know, sound pretty incredible and, and they're evidence of someone who is is just a very good songwriter and storyteller we should also mention you know going to to tie in with the fact that tom waits you know tends to have a lot of you know fantastical yarn spinning stories um he's also during this time doing a lot of acting and you may have seen him in a couple of movies uh he played renfield in bram stoker's dracula the one from the 90s directed by francis ford coppola he also was in a more recent movie called seven psychopaths where he had a pretty prominent role in that one 
He's also done some indie fare, uh, most notably some Jim Jarmusch movies like Coffee and Cigarettes, which is a pretty famous one that he did. And actually, very recently, last year, actually, he was in the uh, Coen Brothers movie that premiered on Netflix, which is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So he's, you know, he's a busy guy. He's 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 acting. He's writing music. He's touring. You know, he's also working in, in theater a little bit here and there, uh, writing music for, for plays. And I mean, he's a very, very busy guy and a very prolific songwriter. But we're going to go back to the beginning now we're going to go back to his very first record closing time and talk about one of our favorite songs which is called martha we hope you're enjoying this episode of skipped on shuffle right about now in most podcasts you'd be hearing an ad for something uh but we are trying to keep skipped on shuffle ad free and the way we're going to be able to do that is through patreon please visit our patreon page at patreon.com slash skipped on shuffle any donations go to support the costs associated with running this podcast. Those were days of roses, poetry, prose and Martha. All I had was you and all you had was me. There was no tomorrows. We packed away our sorrows and we saved them for So jumping back to closing time, so Tom Waits is, you know, noticed he's signed to a record label and pretty quickly shuffles into the studio to record Closing Time, which would be his debut album. Tom Waits had most of these songs already written. There were some demos that came out, the early years, volume one and volume two. Um, for anybody that's a Tom Waits fan, they're they're basically demo versions of the songs that would end up being the the first two records. So he, he had these songs, he had an idea of what he wanted to do, went in the studio with a producer, Jerry Yester. And even though the, the sessions didn't seem too heated, um, they kind of had different ideas about what they wanted the album to be, where Tom Waits wanted more of a jazzy album and Yester thought like more of a folk um, approach would be better. I think if you listen to the album, it's pretty clear that both are present in there. And I think, you know, even Waits himself, you know, I, I don't think knows particularly what direction to settle on. So, I mean, you, you still hear these things, I, I think, in his music now where you're like, oh, this is, you know, a little bit more of a, a, a jazzy kind of cool bluesy track. And then other times it's, you know, more of that folk approach. But they get through the recording session. Everything's recorded, as I mentioned, like pretty quickly in the span of a week or two. And that's how we basically get Tom Waits's debut. Notably, a lot of the songs on uh, Closing Time don't, I mean... It's hard for us to say, once again, because Tom Waits is not a very reliable storyteller when it comes to talking about, you know, his real life. We don't know, but it seems to us that a lot of these songs are 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 made up. They're, they're stories that uh, about different people that Tom Waits has either maybe met in real life and then changed around their story to make it more of a song or possibly even just made up completely off the top of his head. Um, you know, there's obviously the song that we're talking about today, Martha, which we're going to get into in a second um there's another song called rosie which may or may not be about somebody that he knows and then you know there's other 
tracks on the album that that tell a story that's very specific, but whether or not the story actually happened, we're not quite sure. But what's important about Tom Waits is not that the story is true or false. That's kind of his whole thing. It's like the story's, you know, trueness or falseness is not, it shouldn't take away from the entertainment of the story or the message that the story is trying to get across to the, to the listener. So uh, it's important to know that, that you know, you, you hear a Tom Waits song uh, like Martha and you may think to yourself, up, wow, like he's so passionate about this and the song is so pretty and so beautiful. Clearly this must have really happened or you must have read about this. Maybe not. Like that's the kind of songwriter and storyteller that Tom is. He can just like, he can just take you there to this, to this new place and, and introduce you to these people that you immediately feel a kinship with. And uh, even though they may or may not actually exist. We can possibly attribute some of that storytelling power to the fact that he had worked as a, a doorman while he was trying to make money playing. So I'm sure he saw a lot of different people. Also, some of it is probably just due to his influences. He's um, a big fan of Bob Dylan. And as we had mentioned, uh, played Dylan covers. And Dylan is very much in that you know storyteller mode, telling stories about people who have existed and haven't existed and probably... Uh, a little bit of this person, a little bit of that person put in a, a certain situation. And Tom Waits is also a big fan of the beat poets. He's talked a little bit. And again, you know, we, 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 <laughs> we, we, we take his word for it. Maybe um, he had talked a little bit about his father leaving when he was 10 and basically looking around for father figures. And he says that the father figures he found are people like Kerouac and the, the other beat poets that he looked to for, um, for inspiration. And I mean, you could certainly hear that if you read or ever see anything from someone like Charles Bukowski, you know, that's kind of, you, you, you can see where Tom Waits sort of gets a little bit of his approach to things and also a little bit of that like salty, drunken delivery that, that he does. <laughs> um, I, th I think we can certainly um, say a little bit comes from that as well. So for legal reasons that I won't bother going into, we can't play you the entire song of Martha. So you don't get to hear the actual story. So we obviously encourage you with every skipped on shuffle episode to, you know, seek out the track and listen to it and give it, give it its full due. But since we can't play the song for you, we're just going to sort of summarize what the story is. So the story centers on this guy named Tom Frost, who is old. We, uh, we don't know how old, but I would assume, you know, on in his years, married with children and he um, it's been it's been 40 years since he's last talked to Martha, who's yeah, so like, probably 60s, maybe even 70s. And the song starts off with him making a phone call to this woman, Martha, and he gets Martha on the phone and they have a quick chat about, you know, oh, it's been so many years and and uh, it's been so long and, you know, how are you doing, whatever. And then he asks her if she would come out with him for coffee. We assume that they do go out for coffee and then have a further conversation as the conversation progresses. Tom Frost. He starts, you know, telling Martha that he misses her and that he loves her and that he possibly feels that they were meant to be together, even though they have both ended up with different people and have totally different lives now. He still thinks about her and in some ways is more passionate about his relationship, his past relationship with Martha than he is in his current relationship with with his actual with his actual wife. And so the song ends with him telling her, you know, I love you. Can't you see? And then the uh, final stanza 
at the very end is I remember quiet evenings trembling close to you. And that kind of brings the song to this dreamy conclusion, complete with like plinky pianos, like trying to trailing off into the into the ether. And uh, it's a very dreamlike, uh, beautiful, beautiful song that tells a very simple but but a truly affecting story about, you know, something that pretty much has everybody gone through at some point in their lives where they think back on a relationship or a time and 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 wistfully remember like how wonderful that was and uh, wanting to sort of reconnect with that person or persons or places that that brought that that moment on. And uh, so so Martha, the song kind of it has this unbelievable power of like transporting you into this moment where you feel like you're sitting next to Tom and Martha as they have this deeply intimate, soft, quiet conversation about their lives. And, uh, and it's truly a testament to the power of, of Tom Waits as a songwriter and a singer and a player that he's able to sort of bring you into this moment just through, you know, a quick, uh, quick, song. I mean, it's, it's less than five minutes of your time and you're, it's like a movie. I feel like, I feel like I listen to Martha and I'm like watching a complete and total piece, you know? So yeah, so that's the basic story. So uh, we're going to go into like lyrics and talk about like the song and stuff like that, but it helps to know like what the general gist of the story is considering that, you know, we can't play the song for you on, on the podcast. And I feel so much older now. You're much older too. How's the husband and how's your kids? You know that I got married too. Lucky that you found someone to make you feel secure. Cause we were all so young and foolish, and now we are mature. And so the chorus to the song, I, I think, is one of the most affecting parts where it's beautiful and uh, we get a sense like very nostalgic. Uh, as we mentioned, it's this character, Tom Frost, talking to Martha after, you know, 40 some odd years have passed. And when he's thinking about their relationship, the things that he says are, and those were days of roses, poetry and prose. And Martha, all I had was you and all you had was me. There was no tomorrows. We'd pack away our sorrows and save them for a rainy day. So very, very much not even giving you uh, as a listener any insight into like what might have gone wrong. Here's a guy, you know, calling up an, an old love, an old flame and just, you know, reminiscing about like, wow, like after after all this time, maybe maybe those were really good times or they've just been, you know, sanitized by memory over the years. Because I think we all kind of experienced that where, you know, looking back on something, we we're like, wow, that was that was a really great time. But in the moment, you know, you forget like some of the the bad things that have happened and 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 kind of wash over some of the more unpleasant moments, whatever it might be, whether it's, uh, you know, relationship or some kind of other experience. And you get very much get a sense of that, that that's what's happened here. And it's also an interesting story. And I think part of also what makes it so effective are coming towards the end verse where Tom sort sort of admits like uh, it, it was my fault. We're not exactly sure what he did. Um, he mentions being impulsive and all that mattered to him was that he was a man. So we almost get a sense that there was, you know, some kind of, you know, cheating going on where he, you know, wasn't really paying a lot of attention to her and just wanted to be, you know, out and about doing whatever with with whomever. And she just kind of got lost along the way. Hence, you know, why he makes this phone call at the beginning, hoping to 
to pick things up where he left off despite all the time and everything else that's gone gone on. Interestingly, though, as you know, as beautiful and affecting as this song is, we don't hear it all from Martha. There's no mention in the song of Martha's perspective. All we're hearing is is Tom Frost and and Tom Frost, you know, saying that, you know, we were young and foolish, but we were madly in love. And all you had was me and all I had was you. And and those were the the beautiful days and, you know, all, all that. And uh, and it creates this beautiful and affecting song. But interestingly, we don't hear from Martha. And, and I, you know, you know, it's, it's our job here at skipped on shuffle to sort of, you know, take apart things and analyze things and say like, Oh, what, what does this mean? Like where, you know, where did this come from? What was going on at this time? And, uh, and it's, and it, I think today is the first time that I've actually like really acknowledged to myself that like, you know, what if Martha isn't into this, you know, what if Martha meets him for coffee and he's like going on and on about and kind of like what you said, where he's like kind of glossing over like, you know, all the things that led to them not being together anymore, whatever that might be. What if Martha's like, yeah, well, sorry, Tom, but like, you know, you were awful. Like yeah, our relationship and, uh, was horrible. Like, I'm so glad that I didn't end up with you. <laughs> yeah, I think we get some sense of that. I mean, he, he you know, he calls her up and, and clearly it's at least like pleasant. And yes, we assume they go out for coffee. And then I think it's that whole verse where it's like. You know, I feel so much older now. You're older too. How's your husband and how's your kids? You know, that I got married to. It almost seems like he's just babbling. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, like it's, it's just a very one-sided conversation. You know, even him just saying, lucky that you found someone to make you feel secure. I think he's just kind of, you know, assuming all these things. And I, and I almost wonder if this is just him sitting daydreaming, like what if I picked up the phone oh, yeah. and tried to call this person? Yeah. Like what, 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 how would that go? Yeah. Like, would that change anything? Could I even, you know, get in touch with that person? And so I'm not sure that, yeah, on the one hand, it's like maybe this did happen. And on the other hand, because you mentioned, you know, how dreamy it is, maybe this is just him, you know, fantasizing about how, how would that conversation go? Would it go well? Would, she be receptive to it or is it just you know some fantasy that i kind of need to to play out in in my head just to see you know what what might happen or would it would it make me feel a little bit better about you know if i was able to tell someone like i'm sorry about you know what what happened and i just want to let you know that you know i love you and i you know care about you like it it might just be something he needs to like get off his chest whether in reality or just kind of like admit it to himself yeah, I think I think that that open endedness is is part of the strength of the song and and the story in general. You know, it's like I guess it it could almost be like a like a test of your own like cynicism. Like, do you listen to the song and, and imagine like this beautiful moment between these two people and they, you know, after he says "I love you" and Martha and him like embrace and say like, "Oh, you know, we were always meant to be together. It's too bad that we, you know, we weren't together these these past forty years or whatever." Or is it like you just said, like you know, is it just like some poor old man like crying into the phone but not talking to anybody? You know, like it, it's 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 an amazing testament to, to terrific song writing and to, to and terrific storytelling that he can tell such a simple story about a guy calling up a woman and having some coffee like that's all that's happening here you know and and yet this this intricate plot and this in these characters and and this beautiful beautiful music pushing it all along I, I had mentioned when we were when we were talking about uh you know just about to start recording the episode I had mentioned that I bet you I could read the lyrics from the song to somebody and not actually play the music and just read the lyrics out and tell the story and that would be 
be captivating in itself, but the music just takes it to another level because you get Tom, uh, not Tom Frost, but Tom Waits singing, you know, this, this song with, with like a passion and, and, and a beauty that, that, that can't really be described. It has to be listened to. And so I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that of all the songs that we've done so far for Skipped on Shuffle, this is the song that I encourage the most people to just, you know, to listen to, like, you really need to get this and listen to it and experience it for yourself because like we're saying like it is open-ended and you might be surprised like how much it affects you and how and where where the song takes you when you listen to it and it's interesting also to think like uh, again this is you know somebody 20 years old trying to refine their craft and is just getting started and they're able to like adopt these very you know like tell a very affecting story and in the case of you know tom frost in, in this story he takes on that you know first person you know, narration of I'm Tom Frost and this is, you know, I'm I'm calling up, you know, Martha and this is what I'm telling her. And and I feel like that's that's something that makes Tom Waits so great is because, you know, we know it's this, you know, 20 something year old guy singing the song. But for a second, we get lost and really believe that, you know, he's this guy who's 60, 70, um, you know, d- d- doing these actions and, and reaching out to this person. Now was always so impulsive I guess that I still am But all that really mattered then Was that I was a man I guess that our being together Was never meant to be And Martha, Martha I love you I came to Tom Waits pretty late. I, I had heard like the, the cover songs as we mentioned, but like didn't didn't really know who Tom Waits was. Um, maybe I'd like kind of heard the name. In 2005, I moved to uh, Long Island for school and um, I was working in a bookstore there. And in the back, while some people were unboxing stuff, someone had on a Tom Waits album. And it was unlike anything I'd ever heard in my life. Um, it was that that later era of Tom Waits where, you know, he's he's being really weird. And I was just like, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> like, I don't know what this is, but this is so cool. So it was then that I, you know, started picking up albums. And so much of my experience at school then, I like just think of um, the 2004 album Real Gone is just like what I like where I'm immediately transported to. Yeah. I just think about like getting in the car and driving to school and listening to that album just like over and over and over again. <laughs> um, just cause I thought it was so cool. So uh, Tom Waits for me is just one of my like favorite singers if if we can go out on him and call him. um but clearly, but, <laughs> clearly he, he did he did sing most of the time you know there was definitely a good five or six years there where there was nothing but singing but yeah it's funny there there's just like so many tom waits albums and songs where it's made so many like crystal clear memories for me um like if i put on like heart of saturday night 
I think about uh, it was a concert I had been to in like Atlantic City and I was driving back home to Connecticut and I just remember like passing by New York and that album being on and you know it's late at night and it was just like such a perfect, perfect like encapsulation of yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I when I when I think of Tom Waits I think about like just how freshly his music is connected to like all these like little bits and memories of my life scattered in different places and I and I just also have to say like I I think Tom Waits is probably the one person that I most want to see perform live that I have not. Yeah. Um, because later he, he like rarely toured. I think the only time when I really had like a chance was I think around like 2006, 2007, he did like a short tour, but it was like just in the Midwest. And, you know, I was always of the mind like, Oh, I'm sure he'll, you know, come around <laughs> later and I'll be able to do it. And, you know, no big deal. And then it just never happened. So Tom Waits is definitely number one on my list of people that I would probably do anything or pay any amount of money to like try to get a ticket um, and go see. I, I just really love all of his stuff. And, um, you know, starting starting with the weird stuff, it, you know, I didn't come to the earlier albums until later. And they're just so gorgeous. So um, definitely, you know, one of my favorite albums, you know, I mentioned already Heart of Saturday Night, which is the second album. It's just I, I one of the most gorgeous albums that you know, I've ever heard. And, and yeah, Tom Waits is just perfect for if you're on a late night drive and feeling a little lonely and, you know, like it's, it's good company there, you know, the, the, the company with, you know, someone else singing, you know, these lonely kind of tracks. So I also want to mention in my vivid Tom Waits memories connected to certain songs, because as I mentioned, I was like so obsessed listening to Tom Waits when I went away to school that when I came back to Connecticut, um, a friend of mine had a backyard party and I'm, I'm like super all obsessed with Tom Waits and, and I go and of course I have like Tom Waits CDs in my car. So someone like pulls up their car and they, they, they have like, you know, the fancy sound system in the back and everything. Um, so we're playing music out of that. So suddenly the music stopped. So I was like, now's my chance to throw on Tom Waits for everyone. So I threw, I threw on, on bone machine. <laughs> And the song Going Out West. Oh, my God. And, and needless to say, I don't even know if it made it through that song before I got shut down. Um, but I ended up, that was the night that I met my wife, Heidi. Oh. And so I, I think of that. And part of like our earliest conversations was she knew Tom Waits from the Shrek soundtrack. There was a song, A Little Drop of Poison. Oh. Um, so one of our earliest conversations was about Tom Waits. I don't know if it was like our very first conversation, but it was definitely that very first night we met was like bonding over our love of Tom Waits. And the night you so, ruined so, the party. So the night that I ruined the party. I. <laughs> but yeah, and, and so that's that's what I mean when I just, you know, like I hear Tom Waits and I just think of, all these different things and you know that's just one that's just one really cool thing about tom waits is is helping me find my wife <laughs> <laughs>
my my first introduction to Tom Waits was actually in the Bram Stoker's Dracula role where he played Renfield and because uh, he was so amazing in the movie. And my mom, uh, I, I watched the movie with my mom and she had said like, you know, oh, that's Tom Waits. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, I, I don't even remember how old I was. It was the 90s. I was probably like 12, 13 years old or something. And I was, I remember I, I was obsessed with vampires. Like when I was growing up, like I totally, I was totally into vampires before they were cool. And, <laughs> and uh, I was totally into this brand. And so when Bram Stoker's Dracula came out, I was like, oh my God, I have to see this. Cause it's like another vampire movie that I haven't seen. You know, I've watched the lost boys like 40 times the past two weeks. You know, I, I gotta see something. Gotta, gotta get some new vampire. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I saw it and, 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 you know, Tom Waits, when I think of Renfield now from, from the story of, of Dracula, like I, I immediately picture Tom Waits because he was just so amazing in the role. And the movie was, you know, it wasn't the greatest movie ever, but it was fine. But uh, but yeah, but he stands out as being uh, as being one of the, the best best characters in, in the movie. And uh, and my mom, of course, was like, oh, that's Tom Waits. And I was like, who's Tom Waits? I don't know what Tom Waits is. So, uh, you know, that was my first introduction into him. And then some years later, I I, I ended up picking up one of his uh, records at, at a used record store. And I think it was only like a couple bucks. It was closing time. And, uh, you know, it was just on a rack with a bunch of other garbage that they were trying to get rid of. And I don't know why that one was in there. I guess it's because part of his earlier repertoire wasn't selling well or whatever, but I remember paying like nothing for it and, uh, and going home and popping it on and be like, Oh, this is that guy that played in that movie, you know? And I was just blown away. I was like, this is amazing. And, and you know, the first song that plays is old 55. And I'm like, I've heard this song like a million times on the radio, you know, but it wasn't him. It was the Eagles. And I was just like, wow, this guy is so good. And then, you know, over the years I started to get more into his stuff and, uh, Unfortunately, though, it, well, not unfortunately, but 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 he's when he started going off into the weird stuff, when he started being really, really weird. I, I it's not that I don't like that. I own all of this stuff, and I've listened to everything at least once or twice, and and I love it. And and you know, uh, Real Gone is 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 definitely one of the highlights, and uh, Mule Variations is also really great. So it's like I like all that stuff, but I'll oh, my heart always stays with with the original couple of albums from Tom Waits, especially you were mentioning uh, The Heart of Saturday Night, and and this one, Closing Time. But it was it was really cool for me because uh, when we started talking about doing a Tom Waits episode for Skipped on Shuffle, in the back of my head, I was like, oh, my God, what if we could do Martha? Because Martha is like, without a doubt, my favorite Tom Waits song. And it might even be like in my like top 20 songs of all time. Like, I love this song with like such a passion. And I was in the back of my head. I was like, oh, what if we could do Martha? What if we do Martha? And then Jason actually suggested like, well, we could do something for closing time, like maybe this one or this one. And I was like, well, we could do Martha. <laughs> so I'm super, super excited excited that we got to talk about this and, and examine this song because I don't know, I feel like this is the, this is one of those songs that just keeps on giving. Like every time I hear it, I'm like, Oh my God. Like I just get more and more out of it. I, I love what he did with everything. And, 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 and I hope that some of our excitement for Tom Waits, you know, Jason's excitement for seeing him live and, 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 and falling in love with these records and, and my excitement for this song and for this album. Like, I hope that that excitement can get across to the listeners and, and they can go and seek out their own Tom Waits, you know, because he's got so much material. Like, I, I mean, I don't even know, like, what is it? 18 albums or something. There's a, there's a good amount. <laughs> yeah. There's like 18 records that you can get from him. And that's not even counting like live stuff and B sides. He's got so much material. There's something out there for you and and he really is one of those singer songwriters that you you can just you just sink your teeth into and just and just love every minute of it and yeah you might you might end up like me and you might find yourself only being drawn towards the early jazzier time or you might find yourself like Jason and being drawn to 
like the weirder kind of out there stuff, or you might find yourself in between or, or whatever. But I guarantee you, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, no matter what music you like, Tom Waits has done something that you're going to love. And you really just, you really got to check it out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Skipped on Shuffle. Be sure to visit our webpage at skippedonshuffle.com where we have a blog and links to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also a YouTube page where we perform the songs that we discuss in these episodes. We are trying our best to keep Skipped on Shuffle a ad-free podcast. So if you are interested in helping to support that, please visit our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash skipped on shuffle. Uh, any donations that come there could go straight to keeping uh, Skipped on Shuffle a ad-free experience and go straight to paying for the various costs that are associated with running this podcast.